welcome to the unfinished podcast truth be told we've never really learned how to deal with our unfinished business in a society that's taught us to be put together what do we do when our world falls apart most importantly why does our world fall apart so right now we're living through the most significant transformation humanity has ever known knowing how to pick up our pens and write a renewed story has never been a more important conversation. So welcome to the podcast that interviews heroes that at some point had to start again and rise to glory. Paul Gibson. One of Australia's top 100 most influential women. Love is always there. The more love you give, the more you get it back. We're all connected. And that's unification. Making this podcast has been something that I've wanted to do for such a long period of time. And... Making the decision finally to begin this journey of having incredible conversations with a very diverse, amazing group of individuals, specifically around moments in their life where there was something that felt unfinished, something that happened to them that was not something they were expecting, uh, something that felt completely outside of their control, something that changed the course and the trajectory of their life that came probably at a time that they least expected it and definitely left them with an absence of closure. The reason I'm wanting to have these conversations now is A, selfishly going through major transitions in my own life and truly having a a very genuine curiosity for what people do with their unfinished business. Is it that we truly just have a society where all of this gets buried and swept under the rug? Or are there strategies and ways that we can really learn to rise from the ashes of these difficult times in our lives and actually come out not only surviving, but stronger and grateful? So that's my personal reason. But as I sat with this personal reason, because I really believe what makes an amazing interviewer is someone that that really just follows their own curiosity. I hope that you guys, as as my listeners and, and my now family, welcome to my family. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for following on my following me on my journey. If it's if it's uh, been a long time, I appreciate that support so much through so many chapters of of my own hero's journey over the past ten years. Um, or if you're new and you've only just discovered me, again, thank you for taking the time and, and following that instinct to want to be a part of these conversations with me. I treasure it. I value it. Um, and as I was thinking about my own desire to have these conversations with people, it really started to click just how relevant this is in the global con- glo- in the global context and the greater context of what we're going through as a humanity. There's so many of us right now that feel like we have unfinished business. March 2020 changed the course of not only all of our lives individually, but the trajectory of our world as we knew it. And there has been so much onus and so much focus on what what we need to be afraid of and uncertain of and anxious of. And all of that is, of course, relevant but why don't we start talking about the possibilities 
Why don't we start talking about the world that we can start to write afresh and anew on the other side of this? What are the lessons that we've learned that we need to catalyze, that we need to emphasize and bring forward? This, to me, is the most important conversation we should be having right now because there are many crises that we are going through as humanity, but a breakdown of value and a breakdown of our hope and a breakdown of our faith and the breakdown of love and compassion to me would be the greatest crisis of all when we have such a profound opportunity in this extremely unified experience to rise from the ashes of 2020 and now 2021 into a completely revolutionized earth, into a new earth, into a potential heaven on earth where love, where love will truly reign supreme and where our attention goes energy flows so stay with this podcast stay with these conversations when you're feeling in a state of despair I want this podcast to be something that comes to mind that you look forward to the next episode the next conversation the next individual that we get to dive into the depths of their story with together and really embrace that generosity of spirit, most importantly, understand and learn the resilient and anti-fragile nature of the human spirit. Our will is so incredibly powerful. And when there's so much around us that can be dragging us into the dark, how do we stay connected to that light? How do we devote ourselves to what is the most important thing for us to be doing right now to give of ourselves to a greater good? I really do believe that we are living through prophetic times. And so what do we do with that information? It can feel overwhelming. If at the very least I can reach into your hearts and invite you into conversations that stir something within you, stir a fire within you, to me that is exactly why I'm doing this. And so there's a couple of things I want to run through on this intro to get you guys really, really excited. Because this is about building community and this is about building a movement of love and a movement of people that are dedicated to activating the hero within them to make powerful decisions, I really do think that we are beyond a time where love just means allowance. Love also means standing for truth, being willing to confront what isn't love in the world. And there's a whole community of us our incredible global family of heroes that are living this message every single day. And because this is a community, I want to invite you to be a part of that community by joining our Telegram, by jumping in our Facebook group. And what I'm going to do with the guests when we do our interviews every single week is they're going to be streamed live so that anyone that's in that community with us in Facebook or on Telegram, if you're joining on the Zoom room, you're going to be invited to do a bonus Q&A with the, in, uh, with the interviewee every single week to ask questions and to stimulate more and more conversation. Um, this is about giving value. This is about being of service. And this is about really having a space and a ritual for you guys weekly to come back to, to reground and to be in this habit, this ritual of coming back to center and finding that inspiration within. So I'm very excited for that. Check out 
um, how to join in the show notes. And I'm really excited to see you in there. I also thought it would be important in this episode to share a little bit about my journey. It's been a wild 10 years. And my message and my vision and my purpose, the reason why I'm here on this planet is to bring love to the world. And I see myself as a humble messenger of love. Love is the master and I'm simply the student. I think in the world as we know it, there are so many people that are positioning themselves as teachers. And to me, the challenge with that is when you are a teacher, where do you look to? And I think if we flip the script and we actually start to think, what do I want to see more of in my life, whether that's compassion or gratitude or um, generosity or happiness, joy, if we make that the master in any given moment and we become the, the servant, when we become the, the student to that message, then all of a sudden we have a true north, we have a compass. And that compass for me is love. That compass for me is compassion. And there have been many times in my life where I've completely gone off course and that is human. We all do. It's not uh, a reason why we should continually remain estranged from the things that we truly value intrinsically and deep down. It's an, it's an invitation to course correct. But course correcting means commitment. It means a discipline. And um, I also think that that's, that's lacking in, in, our, in our world, that, that spiritual maturity to understand that sometimes this path is actually narrow. It's a narrow path to choose that devotion and to choose that commitment to what it is you truly value and what is most important to you when there is so much noise. But going back in my journey, I left a mainstream schooling environment at 14 to pursue performance, specifically theatre. That was my first love and everything about it, the expression, the discipline, the commitment, um, it, it brought something to my life that nothing else at the time even came close. And so I went all in. And on one hand, I had so many of the attributes it, it took to succeed in that space and that field, and yet no one taught me to love myself. No one taught me what it actually meant to feel worthy of my purpose and worthy of my journey. And my mental health started to seriously deteriorate in amongst the competitiveness um, of my environment and the inner critic in my own mind that really was in the driver's seat. I've since learned how to put that that critic in the, in the passenger seat. Um, and I, I try my very best to have my heart in the driver's seat of my life. Uh, but at that time, um, that critic was very much in the driver's seat and it, it drove me um, to some very, very dark places. And at 16, I was, I was diagnosed with um, anorexia nervosa, an eating disorder, which was um, threatening my life at the time. And I was living in immense suffering. I really entered a world where um, there was such an absence of love. I, I felt numb every day. Um, I would crave to feel connected and I, I didn't feel connected. And I look back now and I think I had that experience to really get the, the other side of what I know I'm here to, to bring to the world and, and what I'm here to devote my life to. Um, you know, in, in faith, they say that hell 
is the conscious separation from God. And I think that there's something very profound in that, that you know love is there, but you can't connect to it. You can't reach, you can't reach it. And that was very much my experience during those years, even though so many opportunities were the exact opportunities that I felt so passionate about pursuing. I didn't know how to embrace them. And isn't that just um, so telling of uh, where so many of us get lost? We chase this idea. We chase this idea. We chase this idea. And we don't stop to think, am I really in the right race? Am I really in the right lane? Um, Because what we create inevitably is where we create from. So when you're creating something, when you're on a path and you don't feel love in the journey, in the process, you don't feel inspired in the process, then the outcome will be no different to, to those things that you, you felt on the way there. Um, and for me at that point in my life, I hit this point of, of crisis where I knew that I couldn't keep going. And my health was uh, extremely compromised and I had to consciously choose life, which was one of the most powerful things I've ever done. And I just want to invite you guys as we go on this journey together. And that's, that's, that is what we're doing. We're going on this journey together. I want to first invite you to ask, have you ever chosen life? Or are you simply just alive? Because the second we choose life, something very profound changes. When we say to life, I'm here and I choose you and I want you to run through my veins, I want to feel alive, truly alive every single moment and surrender yourself to the greatness, the miracle that is life, watch how things start to open up. And for me in those experiences, I was connected to God, to this inexplicable feeling of unconditional magnificence, love, light, and it redirected me. It reoriented every single cell in my body towards a greater good. And it wasn't as though I had this experience and all of the suffering in my life went away. It's that something larger than me started to work through me. Light and love started to pour through me and guide me out of the dark, even though it was one of the most painful journeys I've ever had to walk, I was reoriented to recognize some very significant things that the darkest days truly are the tests of faith. And it's all well and good to have faith when things are going well, but do you have faith when you're in the dark and you're confused and you're hurting? Can you find faith in those moments? Um, because the reward on the other side of that is so much greater than any of us can recognize. For me, I had this this need to serve um, the world and to have conversations that I knew were not being had that, you know, at the time, mental health specifically was a conversation that no one wanted to have. Ten years ago, Um, people thought that mental health was a biological predisposition and that was just it. And um, you'd be lucky if you could uh, learn to manage it over time, definitely not recover from it. And that was just that. 
And my proposition was, well, what if there are cultural and environmental causations for this? What if people just need a space to feel safe and actually speak truth? And if if people could speak truth and actually be held in that truth, would that truth not transform them? Which is what I was starting to experience in my own life. I had this fire in me. I was on fire for love. Quite literally, I I became obsessed. And I tried to go to uni for, for several months and I used to sit in my marketing lectures and just think, wow, this is not, this is not the way. And eventually um, I just couldn't ignore this uh, feeling in my heart any longer. So I bought a van and, um, I mean, long story short, <laughs> I never do a deeper dive podcast where I can tell you guys the full, the full story. But I bought a van and my intention was to travel to communities around Australia and create spaces where people could share their stories. And that tour was called Champions for Change. We focused on community groups and schools and universities and workplaces, and it was very uh, incredible. We went to 300 communities, and it eventually ended up being two years. I had uh, a team that travelled with me um, and our two dogs, and I was so touched because what I started to recognize through the the creation of these spaces was there's something about the human story, the human narrative, or in the context of this podcast, the hero's journey that is universal. There's something universal about our spirit. There's something universal about our spirit that we don't give enough recognition to, that every human being is designed to rise from the ashes. We are that phoenix. We are meant to metamorphosize. We're we're not meant to resist change and resist difficulty. We're meant to rise to the occasion and not look at our unfinished business as something that just needs to be ignored and pushed away and swept under the rug. This is something to be embraced. This is something to face head on. But so many of us have never learned how to do that. And my intention for creating these spaces on that initial tour was to invite people to get real with themselves in witness of other people. And what started to happen was profound. I recognize every single person needs to be seen and heard. Every single person, doesn't matter how estranged they are from the truth, deeply craves to come back into alignment with their truth and to be accepted in that truth and to allow the truth and the grace of God to transform them in that moment. It was like witnessing miracle after miracle after miracle, people saying that I've been in psychotherapy for decades and and haven't had a transformation like the transformation I've experienced. And none of that was me. None of that was my team. That was truth penetrating the parts of them that had been contracted and in suffering and creating space to set them free, to set their spirits free. And by the end of that tour, I believed beyond doubt that all of what we struggle through in our life has a, uh, a cure, has a way to transmute back into love and, and back into truth and actually make us stronger in that process. The transformations that I started to see in these communities became the, the building blocks that led me on a journey to become the youngest commissioner in Australia for mental health, where I was advising the prime minister and and the health minister, which was unbelievable. I was 
21 years old and a, and a federal commissioner for mental health and, and recognising on a deeper level from going, you know, to, to the front line of communities and as a very young person in very rough communities, I became this go-to person that communities would call and say, you know, we have an increase of suicide in our community. Can you help? You know, these were very complex problems with, with no one answer. And my job was to go into those communities and, and listen and through listening actually allow the, the solution to these problems to start to emerge and facilitate the community to their own solution through the power of love, compassion, listening, and truth. And the government were looking at this thinking, wow, how, how are you creating these results? And then to go into um, a space where so much was politicised and there was such a disconnection between the realities of what people were experiencing on the ground and what politicians really um, understood, it drove this passion in me to really understand that just because policies change doesn't mean people change. Just because things are illegal doesn't mean there aren't criminals. There's something deeper here that really needs to be looked at, and, and to me that that is intrinsic motivation. How do we intrinsically inspire and motivate a human being to become more loving? Well, they need to experience love. And my feeling is that this is deeply cultural. When we have cultures of storytelling, and I learned this a lot when I would work in Indigenous communities in Australia, the power of storytelling um, through generations and the wisdom that that actually uh, departs on um, everyone in that community, we need to bring that. We need to bring that back and and intergenerational rites of passage. We need to bring these things back. Maybe that's a a topic for another time, another another podcast episode. I'll do one on a rite of passage and initiation because I'm very passionate about that topic. But I recognize that these kind of uh, cultural milestones that throughout ancient civilization have been fundamental to creating a moral um, foundation for how we exist as human beings is actually completely missing from our world and we're looking to government, we're looking to policies to become these solutions to problems that are not political. And I want to stress that what we are, what we have, what we have seen in mental health over the past ten years is not political. What we are seeing in the broader spectrum of challenges that we face, it's become political. But these are humanitarian issues. These are issues that you and I need to care about intrinsically, and not only look to politics to be the solution because we will never get there. We need to become the change. You are the one. You are the chosen one. You need to choose you. And you need to choose your power to affect change on the planet. It's incredibly important. And through that journey, I was a commissioner for four years. Uh, I decided to write a book, Love Out Loud. Um, if you haven't read it, maybe you want to check that out. And that was me consolidating all of my philosophies around love and compassion as a way of life. By that point, I had heard hundreds of thousands of stories in tens of countries around the world as a, as a speaker and a facilitator. And it was a wild period of my life where I was on four or five flights every single week, um, every other day. It felt connecting with, with people and um, I wouldn't change it for the world because what that opened up 
in in my heart is just immeasurable. Um, I fell in love with the human spirit and and our potential. Um, and love out loud. The book explores how to live that. And love out loud then became a movement uh, where we ran retreats and events uh, all over the world and. Um, achieved some incredible, incredible things with our amazing global community who really do live the message of love out loud, which is a very simple message in, in essence. Find that love inside of you and express it out loud. That's it. Without barriers, without limitation, be free in the, in the expression of that love. You know, so many of us have love uh, in our hearts and forgiveness in our hearts and compassion in our hearts that we, that we withhold because we're afraid of judgment or rejection or where we righteously think, you know, that that person isn't deserving and we forget that by being a Meisner in that process we lose out because we get what we give, yeah. So when we withhold that love, we, we withhold our own ability to receive the, the love that we actually have available to us inside. It's inside you, but that can't be reflected back in the world until you give it. Um, just a you know such an important thing to remember, especially during this time when there's so much fear that we always have the power to give love. You always have the power to give love. Um, and my journey with Love Out Loud has been so so incredible. Of course, at the start of COVID, <laughs> so much changed for for all of us. Um, and. I've been in a, a massive process of how do we drive this, this vision of creating love as the paradigm of existence for humanity forward um, when <laughs> right now there is so much unfinished business. So I just want to thank you guys again for, for choosing to come on this journey with me. And I, uh, I hope to see you in our Facebook group and our Telegram and on, on the interviews, asking questions to our guests. Um, I'm also going to be doing a live into the, into the Facebook group the day after all of the interviews to so do a recap and help you guys integrate any of the new awarenesses that came through for you. Uh, this is a space where we get to explore together and I'm on this journey just as much as you. And I'm super excited for our, our launch and yeah, just just blessings, blessings to you on your journey. I'm here for you. We're creating an incredible new world together. It's time to pick up our pens. Much love. <laughs>